0: Okay, so um, let's pray before we do anything else. Dear Lord, we thank you for the time that we can spend together. Thank you for who you are and how you love us. Thank you that you want us to be more like you and that you are dedicated to seeing us uh, be transformed to be like you. Um, We just pray that you would speak and we want to listen. We want to follow. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, so who's excited for the last week of uh, me just talking? Say Amen. Amen, Amen. thank God. (laughs) All right, so uh, for those of you who don't know, we've been going through the uh, vision series, um, and what we have been talking about is we've been talking about what the vision is for this meeting, because believe it or not, we don't want to just be random people randomly meeting together. We want to have purpose behind what we do together and what we do through this place and, and in our own individual lives as well. So the first week we talked about the Bible and we talked about um, how literally we have to be founded and based in the Word of God. And if we're not founded and based in the Word of God, then we're doomed to fail. The next, and, and the challenge, so every week we've had a challenge um, and so the challenge for that week was read your Bible at least once an hour, uh, one hour a day, which uh, might sound extreme, but as long as you possibly can, create time and space for reading the Word of God um, and uh, see what happens. So that was challenge number one, week number one. Last week was all about um, service, serving. And the challenge uh, and the idea is that we are all called to be people who serve. Uh, No one is supposed to be a spectator. If you call yourself a follower of Jesus, you are called to serve. And so the challenge for that week was essentially to reflect on what God might be calling you to do, what your gifts are, and um, what he might be calling you to do, and to start to take steps towards uh, that that purpose and, and, and serving in any way, whether it be outside of church or in church, um, and it ideally both, because that's what we're supposed to do. So that was last week, and then this week, we're gonna be talking about community, because uh, when we gather together, we are technically forming a community. And the question is for tonight, why is that important? Why is it important to actually gather together? Um, why is it important, is it, is it important? Um, and, uh, and, and, like, what's the point of this? Um, and when we can nail that down and when we understand that as part of uh, the core of who we are as individual believers, as well as this group of people and, and what we're doing uh, in our community, um, that's when God can actually use us. Yeah. So uh, let's the, the first question I have for you tonight. And uh, I have had mixed Messages whether or not I should even ask you guys questions or not, but I will still ask you questions um, And the first question that I have for you tonight is uh, Why do you come to church whether it be here or another church or, or whatever um, and if you don't go to church? Why don't you go to church and uh, Feel free no judgment safe circle to serve. Hmm to serve to serve it's very admirable get out of my own head because <laughs> you start asking philosophical questions and like, you can't answer that in the finiteness of your own limited knowledge. So you need other people to give you perspective. Nice. So perspective and different outlook. To worship To worship. That's a wonderful one. Does anyone here, put your hand up if you think church slash a godly community is not important great okay great we get well that's a good place to start off with and we're all in agreement and I'm sure I'm gonna lose some of you at different points of the way <laughs> well, that's great so yeah you know what that that uh, that conviction you all have is biblical um, the Bible actually teaches us and tells us that uh, community is what we're made for like that's at the crux of what humans need um, from the very beginning God saw that Adam was alone and so he said, I'm going to make him a helper and make someone like him but different to him. Um, And uh, so he made Eve and uh, that relationship was then blessed by God. And guess what the very first communities were? Families, right? And then the the God-ordained unit of the family became bigger, became tribes, became nations, and we as human beings, we always tend to stuff up God's plans. So we create division, we create different lines, you know, you don't look like me, so I don't like you, or you don't exactly share my values, so I don't like you, or you, you hold this bit of land and I want that bit of land, so I'm going to fight you for it. And so we create division and we fight, but God never meant it to be that way. God meant it to be a, a harmonious union between all people, um, and ultimately... It was supposed to be in him, rooted in him, because we are all made in the image of God. And uh, so we are supposed to recognize that and supposed to love God and, therefore, love other people because other people are made in the image of God. And But, again, we stuff up and we forget that and we we hate and we divide and we are selfish and greedy and whatever else uh, divides us. And so, um, you know... Fracture, disunion, until finally, this guy called Jesus drops up onto the scene. And one of his missions was to uh, create a new community, to create a new people. Um, And that people would be a people that had gotten rid of all of that baggage and all of that evil that separated and divided us in the first place. And that people would be a people of harmony and of community again. That's what we are called to be. Have you ever wondered what Jesus came to die for us for? Well, one of the key answers is that we would be in community and and community with God and community with each other. So, uh, if yeah, if you think the aim of the game here is just get your ticket from heaven, uh, ticket to heaven from Jesus, and then peace out, while well, Jesus comes and says, no, actually, uh, actually, let's read what Jesus has to say. Let's have a look at um, uh, John chapter 17. Jesus, in this moment, uh, pull out your Bibles um, uh, on your phone, or if you've got a physical copy, I applaud you if you're still using the analog Bible. Um, But digital is totally fine, too. Um, So in this moment in John chapter 17, Jesus is praying uh, for his disciples. This is the last supper, the last meal he's going to have before he's betrayed. In less than 24 hours, he's going to be dying on the cross. Um, And so this is his last meal with his disciples. And this is his last prayer with his disciples. And this is what he says in verse 10. So he says, uh, all my, he's talking to God. All mine are yours, and yours are mine. And I am glorified in them. And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. And I am coming to you, Holy Father. Keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. And then we'll skip to verse twenty. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. This is crazy. What Jesus just prayed is insane. Essentially what Jesus is praying here, and, and... Imagine you're a disciple, you're sitting there. Jesus is talking about he and the Father are one and that their union and their unity are so, you know, connected that they are one. He is the son of the Father, but he is, he is the representation of the Father. And then he's starting to pray and say, and also all my followers, the ones in the room and then us throughout the generations, thousands of years later, all those who follow Jesus, all those who call him Lord and Savior, that all of us would be one with him. In other words, Jesus is saying, hey, we, G- God wants to include us in the Trinity. Not in a heretical way, not in a way that we become God, but in the sense of the deep love and unit, union of God with the Son, God the Father with the Son. Jesus wants that for his followers. And not just that, Jesus wants that between his followers, that he wants his followers, those who love him, to love each other so much that they can't distinguish themselves from each other. And the vision of Jesus before he dies, before he is about to complete the mission that he was sent to earth to complete, was that we would be part of this union of love of God. The the same union of love that ushered in creation, the same union of love that led to the crazy rescue plan that is about to be fulfilled in Jesus, and the same union of love that then leads us here to t- today and, and all the apostles and all of church history up until now. God wants us to love each other and to love him and to be so united that we can't distinguish ourselves from each other and can't distinguish ourselves from God himself. That's crazy and beautiful, and profound, and a high calling. And so we're going to talk to, remember, this whole series has been about connect and engage. So let's talk about how do we connect with that high calling of community? How do we connect to that idea and that reality that we're supposed to live out of being that way, being a, a, a community that is united to both God and to each other in, in a sense that is, is just very, very intimate and very, very uh, sa- sacrificial and self-giving. So how do we do that? Any ideas? What does that look like to you? Um, uh, when we, why do you uh, uh, connect with the church community or the, the, the community of God, and, and what does that look like to you? So as you connect, as you connect with the community of God, and you're supposed to be experiencing this whole thing, what does that lead to? Does that make sense? Am I asking a question that you understand? Okay, all right. So when you, when you come to church, okay, uh, whether it be here or anywhere else, and you're connecting with... Uh, with other believers, and, and you're trying to live out this mandate that Jesus has just said, um, what then happens, or what does that lead to? Does that make sense? Do you mean like closer, being closer to God by having that... Closer to, that to God issue? and closer to each other. Yeah. yeah. What does that lead to? What does that then look like? Heaven on earth. Yeah. And what are the characteristics of heaven on earth? Unity? 100%. That's my last point, so uh, <laughs> I, will, I will talk about that last. <laughs> uh, evangelism? Yes. Yeah, so um, remember, it's never supposed to be inward. If you ever... Uh, uh, and, you know, here's the crazy thing. When we look at our friendship groups uh, in, in day-to-day life and, and when, when people, particularly when people who don't care about God, have friends, it's generally speaking quite clicky, right? Mm-hmm remember high school, remember uni years, remember (coughs) it's all about you, your comfort and and who your friends are and all that kind of stuff. God's community is supposed to be different. What Jesus came on earth to do is actually supposed to be a community that becomes inclusive. And uh, part of that is evangelism. So let's have a look at a verse, uh, Matthew chapter 5. This is Jesus talking. And he says this you, you all know this. This is the Sermon on the Mount, and this is what he said just after he says the Beatitudes, the blessed are you who blah blah blah. So just after that he says this you are the light of the world, a city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who's in heaven. And here's the reality. Jesus is talking to a group of people, and he's saying you, both the individual you as well as the collective you, right? So as you follow in the way of Jesus, as you become close to him and to his community, you glow. And guess what? That we, uh, Moses, when he's close to God, guess what happens to him? His face shines with the radiance of God. When you get close to God, when you get close to his people, uh, you glow, you shine, And he says that you as an individual are a light and also as a collection, you're a light. So you're the lamp, but you're also a city on a hill. And the idea is, guess what shines brighter, an individual light or a collection of lights? Right. And so guess what we're supposed to do? Be a collection of light uh, and split off and do our day-to-day life, but also gather and collect, right? And so we're supposed to be a beacon, both individually as well as a, as a collective, right? And, and that light is not just to look pretty, it has a purpose. It's to reflect God's goodness and his glory. And when people are wandering around in the, in the wilderness and then they see a far off light in the distance and they're lost, especially if they're lost, what are they gonna do? They're gonna walk towards the light because there's civilization, there's life there. And so we're supposed to be that. We're supposed to be that. Okay, so yes, I agree. Uh, evangelism being an outward-focused community. What else does it look like to be a community that connects with God, connects with each other um, on deep, intimate levels? Uh, what, what, does that, what does that lead to? Heaven on earth, what else does that look like other than evangelism going out and, and being a light to others? I have a question. How religiously are congested? Is connecting to each other, like, does that necessarily come before looking outwards? Or are there communities where it's all about evangelism and they're not actually that connected to each other? Sure. I don't think you can have it one way or the other. I think that if you are a community that uh, is only looking outwards and neglecting inwards, you are hollow from the inside and you kind of shoot yourself in the foot before you can even do anything. So I think it is, uh, and, and we'll, 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 we'll get to this later in terms of the engaged part, but yeah, it's, it's something that uh, outward means inward and inward means outward. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's the equation with the arrows both ways in chemistry. It's reversible. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot chemistry. <laughs> what else? All right, it looks like encouragement, yeah? What, why, do you, why do you come here? It's hopefully not to be berated and to feel abused or to... I hope it's encouraging. I hope that when you go to your church, whether it be this place or any other place, um, that you actually leave going, thank God, and I'm not in this alone, and, and, and I, I feel like I can be pushed on another day, another week, another whatever, right? Uh, Let's have a look at 1 John chapter 4. I shared this verse on my wedding day. I love this verse. 1 John chapter 4, verse 12. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Here's the reality. Hands up if you've ever seen God. Thank God no one said yes. (laughs) I would be very concerned. And here's the reality. Uh, even those who have seen God in the Bible actually have not seen God. God. The idea here is that God is incomprehensible. Even when you get a glimpse of him, uh, you have not seen him. You have seen a, a, a moment in time, you have seen an aspect of him, but you have not actually seen him. So uh, God, no one has ever seen God. And no one ever will until we are face to face when all things are said and done. But, but, the profound statement that John makes is that, but through one another, through the love that we show one another, through the encouragement, through the help, through the aid, through the, um, the service, through the whatever, through the love that we show one another, we actually can see God. We can see a glimpse of God here on earth. And the reality is that you are supposed to be that. You are supposed to be glimpse of glimpses of God to others. And again, tying in with the evangelism side of things, the reality is that when you are engaging and encountering other people, it's not supposed to be um, a berating engagement. It's supposed to be an encouraging, loving engagement. And so uh, think about the last time that you have hung out with someone from your church or maybe not from your church. What was that encounter like? What was that conversation like? was it something that you left away kind of saying oh you know i feel encouraged or i'm i'm i think i encouraged them or i showed them a bit of love and a care and all that kind of stuff or was it a meaningless encounter or or even worse still was it a negative encounter you're not supposed to be someone that rubs people the wrong way you're supposed to be god's love to them and god's love is not patting them on the back and making them feel good all the time god's love can sometimes mean conviction and authority and correction, but uh, always with a loving heart. And so, the the idea here is that that's what we're supposed to do: encourage each other on with love, um, and know that you carry you you are a temple of the Holy Spirit. You carry Him with you. You are supposed to be a glimpse of God to others around you. And so, what are you doing with that? Um, uh, okay, discipleship. So, tied to that. And that thing. What is discipleship? We talk about this word a lot. You hear it thrown around in a bunch of churches. What is discipleship? I guess it's the the step, um, step after someone accepts Christ, like the walk, the walk with the person before and after. Essentially. Yep. So yeah, liter- literally, discipleship is—it's uh, like mentorship, literally. Right? That's what it is. And so um, the idea is again, uh, following Jesus is not just thank you, ticket to heaven, peace. I'll see you—you know—when I'm about to die. No, uh, what it is—it that it is then a journey of relationship, and through that relationship, a journey of learning and transformation, uh, because. Why do we go to school? Why do you go to uni? You're not going to, uh, you know, have one day of something. You're going to be taught a series of things that hopefully will change your outlook on life and change your outlook on yourself and and give you skills and, and all these kinds of things to face the real world. That is what following Jesus is supposed to be. And it's all aimed to change you to be more like him. It's not supposed to be anything uh, other than that. You are supposed to be following him, to be more like him, and that is supposed to lead you into a better life. And as Dave said, to usher, you, usher in heaven here on earth for you and for those around you. Um, and, and obviously you'll never get there fully in this life, but, um, but that's, that's the point. So um, uh, when we do community, Well, when we do community properly, when we do community the way that Jesus intended it, um, that that is part of our our community uh, journey together um, is discipleship. So let's have a look at Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23 to 25 says this. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging, encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So in other words, um, as you engage with each other, and as you engage with God, you're supposed to recognize the vitality of the community of God, and depend on that to spur you on, and your, your friend and your neighbor and your blah, blah, blah is supposed to say, hey, I can see you're struggling in this. Hey, here's some good work to do. Here's some cheer. Here's a, you know, here's a, here's a verse. Here's a blah, blah, blah. And then that's supposed to lead to uh, more and more uh, um, connection with both your community as well as with God, right? Okay, so all those three things, very similar, but like, you know, different aspects of, of the coin or different facets of the diamond. It, it's, it's all kind of connected. Um, here's one that you might not think of. And that's sanctification. Uh, when you sit here and you, you listen to a message, you sing some songs, you have fun with, you know, to have a good conversation afterwards about um, whatever it is that you're going to talk about, and then you leave, uh, have you ever thought that the person sitting opposite you or next to you could actually be helpful to break you from a sin, to help you... Uh, find freedom in Christ Um, because the reality is that is what we're supposed to be for each other now here's the thing only God forgives and only God can set you free but we are supposed to journey alongside each other to help each other and without judgment without condemnation we're supposed to um, say to each other hey how can I help you? How can I pray for you? How can I practically help you along your journey? How can I help you get closer to God? And again, the, again, a different facet of the diamond. This is all connected. But let's have a look at James chapter 5 and the first part of verse 16. He says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. So when we look at our life um, and our own journey with God, what's holding you back? What is the thing that is preventing you from getting closer to God? And then the very next question is, how can those people around you, the people in your community of God, how can they help you break free of that thing to get you closer? How can they support you as you break free from that thing? And again, he says, not so that you may be forgiven or whatever, so, but it's, he says that you may be healed. Because our sin leaves marks, our sin leaves scars, and God wants those scars to be healed. He wants us to be restored, and he wants us to find true freedom and true value and true meaning, and to walk closer and closer towards the light, um, and uh, we are supposed to be part of that journey for each other. So, recapping what we've got so far. So, discipleship, encouragement, evangelism, and sanctification, Yeah. When you come to church, when you go to your spiritual community, church, uh, do you actually go for these reasons? I feel like many of us do not. um, And I feel like we need to start changing that. When we enter this room, it's not... It is about the fun that we have. It is about the friendships that we have. But it is not just about that. It is about being mindful about how we can serve and help one another and then as we do that, we shine and then that shining light then becomes a beacon to others that all of a sudden <coughs> is very, very attractive, right? And, and wow, like, these people are different. They actually care about one another. They actually care about me. They actually look different. Like, they, they're not bogged down. They're not depressed. They're not anxious. They're not stuck in this... You know, situation that I found myself stuck in. You know, or, or they were, and they they broke free. So this is the this is this is who we're supposed to be, and it only comes when we are mindful about doing this when we meet. Yeah, and uh, the very the, what's the end goal? What's the point? As Dave said, as Marina said, is about heaven on earth, and it's about unity. Um, let's have a look at uh, Ephesians chapter one. So when, uh, have you guys seen um, Zack Snyder's Justice League? Yes. Yeah, okay. I saw it two, four hours, interrupted by our baby, like every half an hour to an hour. Um, but it was, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I had a headache, a throbbing, splitting headache at the end of the thing, but it was quite good. There are these mother boxes, right? At the uh, And they're evil, so I don't want to... Make you think that God is evil, but um, there are these mother boxes, and they the uh, the whole point of them is three of them to unite, and that unity is supposed to change everything. It's supposed to <clears throat> transform Earth to look like the evil guy's planet and stuff. Getting into a bit of heresy. Anymore. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, here's the thing, and here here's how I'm going to get myself out of it. Here's the thing. Um, so what God is actually After is unity but you know what that unity is supposed to do it's not supposed to create everything to be the same it's supposed to highlight the great things that he's created in you and he's if we believe the Bible he knows you he loves you he created you um, with intent with purpose he knows every hair on your head he made uh, he has a will and a plan for your life so as you connect as you unite with him and with his people, that is supposed to enhance your identity, enhance the calling that God has over your life, enhance your uh, you know, um, understanding of, of who you are and what you're supposed to be doing. And the reality is that when we think about uniting with God, uniting with Jesus, you know, following him, and community and trying to you know, be close to each other, we are more desperate to hold on to our own desires than we are to uh, hand it over to God. And if you take anything away from tonight, it's that you need to let that go and you need to recognize that it is better for you to hand over this sense of like what you want and your individuality or whatever the heck you think that means For the sake of what God is calling you to be, because it's only through that that you actually achieve uh, the thing that you actually want in the first place. So um, uh, 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 let's have a look at Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 7 to 10. So, in Him, in, in Jesus, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our sins, according to the riches of His grace, which He lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of His will, according to His purpose, which He set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in Him, things in heaven and things on earth. The vision, the trajectory of, of the world, of history, is that all things will be made united under Christ under Jesus, things that we see and 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 you know uh, the things of the, the you know the things that we recognize and the things above the heavenly and the earthly the the all things are supposed to be united in Christ and what does that mean? what does that look like? Well it looks like heaven on earth that's literally what the point is and uh and we are supposed to live in that now we're not supposed to wait for a future day we are supposed to live in that now live in the recognition that that is both a future reality but also a present reality of what we are designed to be doing on earth in this current path and um uh, like that's all airy fairy wonderful beautiful what does that actually look like uh, let's have a look at a, a real example of this. Acts chapter 2, the end of Acts chapter 2, verse 42. So this, this uh, what we're going to read now, is just after the, the um, Pentecost has happened. So the Holy Spirit has been given to all the believers. Peter has just spoken, and 3,000 uh, people from all over the world who have entered Jerusalem to celebrate one of the feasts. Uh, 3,000 people have... Just given their lives to Jesus, okay? And then this is what we read in verse 42 to 47. And this is what heaven on earth is supposed to look like. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and all came upon every soul. Is that a beautiful picture or not? Uh, If that excites you, great. It should. That should excite you. That should be the vision of what God's church is. That's, That's what the vision should be of God's community here on earth. If that doesn't excite you, you should read that over and over again until it does excite you or until God reveals to you why that's so exciting. But essentially, the reality here is these people from very different walks of life very different backgrounds, very different uh, life experiences. In Jesus, they have everything in common. That doesn't mean that they all of a sudden are like, oh, yeah, great, yeah, uh, you know, now I can understand what it's like to be a rich, wealthy person because I was poor before. No, they still had their differences, but the idea is that the central crux of their identity became Jesus. And as a result, the central crux of their identity was shared in common with everyone. And so guess what? It was easy to love each other. It was easy to, when you see someone in need, to give what you have to them. It was easy to open your home and to desire, uh, like, fellowship. Fellowship is a very Christianese word. Fellowship essentially is just hanging out and loving each other, like being there for each other supporting each other, all the things that we've been talking about before. It's easy to then, you know, be able to just be a shining light, and then all of a sudden God is drawing people and adding to their number daily. They're not trying. They're not going out in the middle of Fed Square with a megaphone saying, «Repent, sinners!» They're just living a life that is wholly devoted to Jesus, loving each other and, and loving God with all of their hearts and just sacrificing themselves to each other. And people are like, whoa, what the heck is going on here? I want in on this. And as a result, guess what happens? 3,000, 5,000, 10,000, 20,000. Before you know it, in the space of a few short months, it's already spread to uh, Rome to uh, Ephesus, to Galatia, to all these random places. And obviously it's the activity of God. No human (laughs) being can manufacture this. And so the idea is all you need to do is to recognize you are supposed to love God with your heart, soul, mind, strength, and you are supposed to love your neighbor as yourself. And as you do that, and as you connect to the community that is also trying to do that as well, guess what happens? Your life changes, everyone's lives change around you, and you become a beacon. You become a shining light. And so that is the vision for this place. And that is the desire. So when we read our Bible, when we serve it is with that ultimate purpose to be a community that supports and loves one another for the sake and the glory and the love of our heavenly father who gave everything for us and so what does that look like to engage that way how do we do this right how Every single person is there. And I'm not saying recruit, join up to our church. You go whatever church you want to. You should carry this forward in any Christian community that you're a part of. And if you're not part of a Christian community and you call yourself a follower of Jesus... Be part of a Christian community. You cannot not be a part of a Christian community. It is part of your mandate of following Jesus. He came to bring us the ability to have such a community. You cannot be disconnected from that. So, but how does that what 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 can we do to engage in that? How what does that look like to to actually do that? Kind of a rhetorical question, but I'm more than happy for anyone to throw out suggestions. Well, there was once upon a time such a thing as a connect group that no one really did. (laughs) And there was, once upon a time, a retreat that we had where there was an idea shared by a young lady called Ariel. And there was, once upon a time, this desire and this heart to see each other do three things. Number one, to connect with someone, actually, like, legitimately connect over Christ, not over your mutual love of football, soccer, not over your mutual love of uh, music or or your uh, you know your kids or, or whatever. Speaking from our perspective of life, uh, but to connect with people over Jesus, over the like actu- like talking about him. Like it's, he's not a byproduct; he's not just something else that's there. He is the focus of the connection point. Um, that is in your life stage so uh you know we obviously have a baby and we've got family and friends around us that also have young babies and so we're very fortunate we get to connect with people in our life stages we love those people with all of our hearts we know that they love us and but the idea is to be intentional about putting jesus in the center of that connection right so that's one thing right so like think literally think right now Who is it that is in a similar life stage to me right now? And have I been connecting with them over Jesus, like with Jesus at the center of that connection, or other things, and decide and concretely like put in your heart right now to say, no, I will. I will connect uh, with them, with Jesus at the center of that connection point, right? Where we intentionally talk about, how you going? How, you know, what, what have you been reading lately? What's been going on? What's, what are the challenges? You know what? I've been really struggling with this. I've been having a hard time understanding this. I've been, you know, I've been struggling with you know, this sin or whatever. Like that connection point. So that's one thing. That's a horizontal connection. That is a connection of people on your same level uh, in similar life situations, similar kind of circumstances, similar levels of understanding of Scripture and all that kind of stuff um, and, and friendships, essentially, but with Jesus at the center. Okay? Second connection, top-down, someone who can mentor you, someone that you recognize either because they're older or uh, wiser in your eyes or whatever, someone who can mentor you in the ways of God. And you are supposed to have that. We're all supposed to have uh, fathers and mothers in the faith. We're all supposed to have people who walk alongside us as a uh, steady hand, as a mature voice um, of reason. Um, and you see it all over the New Testament, that this is something that Paul with Timothy and all these other different relationships of mentors and mentees. Have someone, seek them out, talk to them, and make sure that you make it very abundantly clear, hey, I respect this in you, and I really want to kind of learn from you and get some insight and glean some wisdom, and be accountable to them. So that sin that you're struggling with, that's your, that's your mentor's role and, and, and uh, to help you in that um, if you humble yourself and if they are comfortable with that. Um, why? Because you need to grow. Because you need to be encouraged, because you need to be uh, someone that um, uh, is discipled and all that kind of stuff. And then the last connection point is down, down, uh, down, what did I say? Top down, Top down yeah, the other thing. way around. Dan? Yeah, downwards. downwards, downwards. <coughs> downwards. Huh? Bottom, up. Bottom up. Thank you. Thank you very much. Bottom up. So in other words, you should try to be a mentor for someone too. You should try to kind of say, hey, who is it that I can see in my day-to-day life or, or you know, at church or whatever, who, uh, you know, reminds me a bit of me when I was a young lad and, you know, <laughs> struggling... <laughs> <laughs> Why was that funny? (laughs) Struggling in this or, or, you know, with an ambition for this or whatever. Um, And ask them, say, hey, I can see that you're really into this. And, and, you know, I I remember when I was your age, you know, this was something that I really, you know, was passionate about as well. And, you know, if you want, if you all want to have a a chat about it, um, you know, let me know and we can talk about it. Or, you know what, um, I heard you asking that question at youth or at young adults or whatever about this. And, you know, if you ever want to, you know, chat, I, like that's an area that I'm really interested in as well. If you ever want to have a chat, I'm more than happy to chat. Yeah. And it's not to puff you up and it's not to make you feel good and say, oh, look at me. I'm so No, it's an act of service. It's an act of humility. It's an act of love. It's an act of trying to pour yourself into another person's life. In the same way that if you see someone else with a need, you're supposed to give to them that need, whether it be practical or, or uh, whatever. That's how we engage. That's what it looks like to be in community. That's what it looks like to be an intentional community following Jesus. So, I'm gonna, that's the challenge for today. Just think about who you can horizontally connect with, top-down connect with, bottom-up connect with. You don't have to do all three. It could just literally be, okay, side-to-side, side, horizontal. I need someone to journey life with and to, you know. Or it could just be mentorship kind of connection. What I would encourage is be wise about the connection. Don't have ulterior motives with the connection. It's not about who you want to be closer to or who you want to know. It's about intentionally putting Jesus at the center, yeah, to be... be uh, be wise and, and put Jesus at the center of everything, yeah? That is the challenge. Now, we'd be talking, like we said, this, these three weeks, these, this vision series and the challenge at, at the end of each. Uh, if you thought we were going to let you get away with, uh, you know, just saying, okay, thank you very much, and walking off and not doing any of this stuff, well, you're wrong. You, you have to respond. Um, not really, you don't have to, but but we're going to encourage you to. Uh, but before we do that, let's actually respond right now together in the quiet of our hearts. So everyone close your eyes, bow your heads. Now for some of us in this room, this actually might be pretty groundbreaking to us. We might actually, uh, this, this vision of church uh, might actually be... Um, like new to us as a vision of what Jesus actually came to do. Um, not just give us a ticket to heaven, but to actually live a life um, following him and, and to live in community both with him and with others. So if this is new and if this has touched you, say thanks to God. If you want to be a part of this and you've never said that you wanted to be a part of this, well, now's as good a time as any. And I'm not going to get you to put a hand up or anything like that, but in in your heart of hearts, um, just tell him that what he did on the cross um, and what he did for you to not just buy you freedom from sin and to save you from the sinking ship that you're on, but also to provide you with a new life and a new community and a new relationship with both him and with others. Um, Say that you want that for yourself. And he says that he is faithful and that he listens and that he answers. But for the rest of us, where this is old news, what have you been doing about it? And ask God right now in your heart of hearts, who is it that you want me to horizontally connect with top down and bottom down and bottom up who is, it, who is it that you want me to connect with and put you at the centre of every relationship So, Lord, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that, God, you have created in us this desire for connection and community, Lord, and that that desire is ultimately fulfilled in you, Lord. But you are so generous in your, um, your, your gifts to us that you have given us each other as well. Um, Lord, we pray that we would steward that gift of each other well, that we would be intentional um, and Lord, that ultimately we would glorify you and show you um, the love, the adoration, the worship that you uh, deserve, Lord. Um, and Lord, we just pray that this place, um, as well as ourselves individually, um, that it would be a sweet aroma to you, Lord. That it would bring you joy and that it would be a beacon, a city on a hill um, that would draw others to you and that they would fall in love with you because of us. In Jesus' name pray. Amen. (laughs)